So in 2022, in January of 2022, thank you, I stood in front of you and I said, I really felt like the Lord had given us a word. And the word was illuminate. And, and what we meant by that was that we were going to take the year 2022 and we were going to focus on letting God, by the authority and power of his word, light our path. And you may have figured this out as the year went along, but we spent a lot of time talking about the authority of God's word. And we spent a lot of time in book studies throughout the year. And now it's 2023 and I'm standing in front of you and I'm going to tell you that our, our word for this year is pursuit. And I told you, but I'm going to tell you again. And here's how it came about. And on a sabbatical in October, I said, Lord, we, we spent... 12 months, or spending 12 months, spending 2022, allowing the Word of God to illuminate our path. What now? And he said, the path has been illuminated. Now go somewhere. And so we're going to spend this year as never before. Now let me, let me give you a disclaimer. We've always been a church that's desired to go after the heart of God. Yeah. Can't we go a little deeper? Can't we go a little harder? Can we go a little stronger? Can't we be devoted to a higher level? The answer is yes. And I'm going to tell you why. Because now more than ever, this community needs a church just like this. Many of you have come to me and said, I couldn't, I needed life point in a very critical part of my life. Guess what? You're not the only one. And so you and I, as a church, you're like, Dwayne, you're not talking to me, I'm here for the first time, but you're here today. Yeah. And, and, and Dwayne doesn't believe that God does things accidentally. You're here today. And here's what I believe with all of my heart is that God's going to use you and this church to do something special this year. So over the next four weeks, we're going to look at that word pursuit. Today, you're going to kind of get a bird's eye view. Um, starting next week, we'll talk about how that word ties into something we talk about. Along, uh, you see it every time you see our logo. What's important to us is purpose, passion, and people. And how, that, how this pursuit ties into those three very important parts of who LifePoint is as a church. But today, I'm, I'm talking to a specific group of people. See, uh, some, some of you here, and you've been following Jesus for a very, very, very long time. And you're like, I got this. No, you, you got another step to take. Yes. The, the pursuit has an end, and you're not there yet. Maybe you're here and you're like, hey, this is all new to me. Good. Every one of us has a different next step to take on this pursuit. And so, listen, today's going to be challenging and today's going to be convicting. And we're not going to shy away from that. Let me tell you what we're not going to do at this church. We're not going to shy away from the hard stuff. I'm not gonna, we're not going to shy away from making you feel uncomfortable. I hope you leave here anxious today. Not in a bad way. I hope you leave here going, 
All right, God, let's go. There are people in this community that, that are addicted and broken, and they need, they need you. There are people in this community whose homes are in shambles, and they need they need you, and they need this message, and they need this church, and they need people who are determined to walk this walk. And listen, the, the, the culture has... Y'all make fun of me when I do that. Jordan on Halloween made fun of me doing this, but it's... I, I do this when I'm like, I, God, this is, this is me praying. God, help me say what's on my heart. Because our culture has had enough of, fo- of phony, fake celebrity Christian. We're going after something that's authentic and real and genuine. Here we go. Jeremiah 29, 13. You're going to hear this a lot over the next 12 months. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Two promises there and one condition. Two promises. You will seek me. And you will find me. The condition is, are you willing to seek me with all your heart? Are you willing to exalt me, as Donna said? Are you willing to put me first above all others? I know you got other pursuits. Are you willing to put Jesus first? Above your family, above your career. Dwayne, how can you say that? Because Jesus said it. And and look at me, eyeballs. It works, y'all. When you put him first, everything else works. So I'm going to give you five things, I think. Maybe more, I don't know. I've I've been, I'm not going to bore you. I told Don on the way here, this is probably the best sermon I've written all year. (laughs) I have, I've been waiting all all morning to say that. But but I, I... I say that, and it's funny, but here's the truth. These next four weeks will set the tone for our church for 2023. So what we talk about now is critical. So I want to define for you today what pursuit looks like. Because it's, it's easy to go, man, I'm going after God. Man, that sounds good, and it sounds revivally. Right? That sounds good. What does it mean? What does it mean to go after God? And that's what we're going to talk about over the next four weeks. Here's a bird's eye view. We'll start today. Pursuit means it, it, it's a quest for a lifestyle. How many know this is not a Sunday morning thing? The lifestyle that, number one, brings honor to God's name and glory. The pursuit we're after is where my life, your life, brings honor to the name of God. Psalm 86, verse 12 says, I will praise you, Lord my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever. You see, God's name is not how we address him. God's name is who he is. See, there's many, many names of God. One of them is Adonai, and it means Lord. That means he's in control. He's in charge. He rules. He calls the shots. Is he that to you? We give honor to God's name. We give honor to God's glory. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Is he your primary motivation? It's easy to nod our heads and say yes. 
Is he the reason you do what you do? See, the, the word glory, and that sounds, that's such a religious sounding word. Let's see if we can, we can bust it up a little bit. That word gloria, glory is a Latin word, gloria, and here's the, the words we get. Fame and reputation. God's glory is his reputation. And so I'm going to live my life to exalt God's reputation. I spent enough time destroying it. I want people... I want people, because they came in contact with me, because they came in contact with you, to think much of Jesus. Yeah. I want to make Jesus famous. Yeah. I want our church to exist, to make Jesus famous. Not Dwayne. We, th- this culture's full of famous pastors and famous singers and famous authors and famous churches. Let's make Jesus famous. Yeah. That's what the pursuit is. Some of you know a pastor named John Piper. I love some of, he's just so good with words. Listen, he said, the glory of God is the manifest beauty of his holiness. It is the going public of his holiness. God's glory is the part of God that he lets you see. Now reflect it to someone else. Our pursuit what I'm talking about today will lead us to a lifestyle that honors the name of God and reflects His glory to a world, to a culture that has grown very skeptical of who He is. There are, there are two reactions to Christian culture from non-Christian culture today. Two reactions. The, the first reaction is, if that's what God looks like, I don't want any part of it. Go through your social media. We'll, we, we put fancy labels on it like deconstruction and church hurt and all of those other things. And I'm not saying that church hurt doesn't exist. But here's, here's, here's what the pursuit will bring. If we'll chase Jesus with everything else, a culture will look at it and say, if that's what God looks like, I need it. I want it. I have to have that. When we reflect the part of God that he lets us see to a lost and dying world, then we bring honor to his name and to his glory. So that's the first thing. I want a lifestyle that brings honor and glory to the name of God. The second thing, I I want a lifestyle that pleases my father. Can Can we be honest with each other? Anybody in this room ever got caught up in the people-pleasing trap? A couple of us? Yeah, um, that's a dead-end road, isn't it? And, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, from my perspective, it's really a dead-end road. Can I, 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 I hope this doesn't offend you. I stopped trying to please you all a long time ago because I ran myself in the dirt trying to. Because, and here's a pretty good example. Like, it doesn't matter what time of year it is, I'll look out and I'll see some of y'all going... And I'll see some of y'all going. <laughs> and and I'll, I'll try to balance that thermostat to make everybody happy. Stop it. <laughs> to make everybody happy. Guess what? Can't. Can't make you happy. So you know who I'm going to make happy? Her, because i got to live with her. <laughs> Baby, is it comfortable here? Yeah, it's good. I'm like, all right, then I'm good. <laughs> Please is my father. Second Timothy chapter 2. Please listen to this. 
Oh, my Lord, get this. Second Timothy chapter 2 says, No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Listen, we don't have time for drama. We don't have time for the silliness. Let me say it like this. Y'all know I'm serious when I lean down on this. I'm going to break it one day. L- look at me. You are not a passenger on a cruise ship. You're a soldier on a battleship. This is not designed for your comfort and your pleasure. It's designed for your eternity. Now listen, we're going to make you comfortable. We're going to try to... It just kicked on. We're going to have coffee ready in the coffee room. But at the end of the day, what this is about is to prepare you to go to war. And we've got one boss. And we've got one commanding officer. And his name's Jesus. And as long as we make him happy, to hell with everybody else. And I meant that. That didn't sound good, but I meant that. I'm serious. I'm not. Everything but Jesus is hell. And I want Jesus. I want Jesus. I want Jesus. I want to serve him. And I want to love him. And I want you to serve him. And I want you to love him. How am I going to please God? How am I going to please? How can I, a broken, stumbling man, please God? I'm going to tell you. You can. Because, listen, a lot of people cop out of Christianity because they say, I can't live the life. Yes, you can. Here's how we please God. We please God with faith and trust in Him in every part of my life. You know what that means? It means we stop complaining about every little thing that happens to us. That I trust Him with the good stuff and I trust Him with the bad stuff. I trust Him when my life is going like I want it. I trust Him when I hit a roadblock. And when I hit a roadblock, here's what I'm going to, how I please God is saying, God, I don't like it, but I love you. Yes. I please God with my faith and trust. I please God with my devotion. Now, I don't, I don't have time to, to, to spend a whole lot of time on, on the devotion part of this sermon. Listen to me. If you want to know Jesus, you've got to spend time with him. I please God with my worship. I please God when I learn to love what he loved. You know what he loves? He loves people. I heard a pastor say one time, this pastor would be easy if it weren't for all the people. So I want to I reflect his, I want this pursuit to help me reflect and, and to honor his name and glory. I want this pursuit to help me live a life that pleases my father. I want, let me ask you a question. Have you ever looked in the mirror and go, I know God, you weren't pleased with me today. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Third, I want to live a life. This pursuit will help me live a life that increasingly imitates Christ. Remember we talked about his glory. His glory is a part of him he lets us see, right? All right, now listen to this passage. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says, So all of us who have had that veil removed. In other words, if you know Jesus, the veil's removed. You can, you can now see and reflect God's glory. Here's what it says. 
All of us that had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of God. We can see the things that God lets us see of him. And we can reflect who he is to a lost and dying world. And the Lord, who is the spirit. Now here, this is what I want you to get. Makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. When I chase Jesus, I'll be more like him. How do you do that? I'm going to tell you, and some of you are not going to like it. Jim Rohn, he's a, he's a motivational speaker. He said, the, he said this, that we are all the product of the five people we spend the most time with. If Jesus isn't one of them, you're probably not going to be like him. Now, he didn't say to just hang out with five people. He said, you're the product of the five people you hang out with the most. If that's true, then perhaps our pursuit should involve spending more time with Jesus. Let me show you what that looks like. All right. If, if you count yourself, you don't have a place to jot this down in your, in your bulletin, but if, you're a, if you consider yourself a leader, I'm, I'm about to give you some gold. A leader in the church, a leader in your home, a leader at, at, at your place of business, if, if you consider yourself a leader, you, you need to grasp this. By the way, that's all of you. See, I believe not only what Jim Rohn said, that we're the product of the five people we hang out with the most. I believe we're the product of basically four environments. I'm going to give them to you. The first environment is our social environment. That's who we choose to spend our time with. Our second is our mental environment. That's what we choose to allow into our mental space. Books, movies, television, websites, social media. That's all part of our mental environment. The third is our physical environment. That's where we choose to go. And the fourth is our experiential environment. That's what I choose to experience. Now, let me, let me see if I, can, if I can explain this to you really quickly. I like to barbecue. I like to barbecue a lot. In fact, I like to barbecue so much that I like to hang out with people who like to barbecue Matthew Robertson. <laughs> because if you hang out with people who like to barbecue, you'll pick up tips. And you'll pick up little nuances that they do that you didn't know about. I like to, I want to be, I like to barbecue so much that I, I don't know, just like to hang out with people in my, in my social, uh, in my social spot, in my social environment, but I like, I, I got a, two or three YouTube channels that I watch all the time, and I fill my mental space with meat church. <laughs> Come on, it, it works with, with Cowboy Kent Rollins called The Man Can Cook. Come on, somebody, eat, all right? My mental environment. And then my, my physical environment. You know what? I'm going to go to somebody's house that's cooking in their backyard. I'm going to watch them, and then I'm going to sample it. <laughs> I'm going to take myself, and then sooner or later, I'm going to have an experience with that, and I'm going to fire up the grill. You with me? See those four environments? You want to be like Jesus? Then you better hang out with people that look like Jesus. You better put things in your head 
that focus. Listen, it, it's, we're, help me, Jesus. I, I want to be a better husband. Then you probably need to get off of porn.com. You need to quit filling your mental space. Well, stop eating lunch at Hooters. It, those four environments, I'm telling you, will change your life. So if I want to I wanna hang out with people who look like Jesus and who, who, who are on the same path, on the same pursuit that I am, I'm going to put things in my head. I'm going to put something in my brain besides Facebook. Come on. Are y'all about to throw up with Facebook? Yeah, but then put something else in your mental space. Uh, guess what? I'm going to put myself in a physical environment where Christ is exalted. That's the church, by the way. And sooner or later, I'm going to have an experience with Jesus. Mm. Those four things. And I'm going to tell you, I bet you every one of us can look at those four environments and go, i got to fix that one. You're, Dwayne, aren't we supposed to hang out with, with people who don't know the Lord? Absolutely. But you've got to control these four environments to make sure you're prepared and equipped to share the gospel with people who don't know Jesus. All right. That increasingly imitates Christ. And number four is evidenced, come on y'all, by the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. I want, I want you to hear me. We can have the greatest music on the planet. We can have the most eloquent sermons that's ever been known. We can have the right lighting and the right cameras. And we can have the right environment. And if Jesus doesn't anoint it, if it's not endued with power from the precious Holy Spirit, it's nothing. And if look, look at me. If that's true for our church, it's true for you. You can put all the life point stickers you want on the back of your car. You can, you can, you can quote all the memes you want to. But if you're not spending time with Jesus, if you've not had an encounter with the Holy Spirit, it's just noise. Right. It doesn't have to be that way. Because no. here's what we're going to do. We're going to chase Him. Yeah. And I need, to, I need to let you know a little secret that's a little early. If you'll just if you'll chase him long enough, he'll let you catch him. He'll let you catch him. Can I tell you how I know? Because I caught him. And usually when I catch him, it's not even in this room. It's usually on my face in that office or it's in my office at home. Or it's in that good-looking gray F-150 that all y'all are jealous of to drive Chevys. <laughs> or Dodges. I pointed. Come on, y'all, listen to me. You can catch him. Yeah. Yeah. Truth of the matter is the only way, the only reason you're pursuing is because he pursued you first. That's right. That's right. Aren't you glad he did? Yeah. Oh, I want to have an encounter with Jesus. Paul said these words to the Corinthian church. He said, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Y'all, I have a hunger. I have a hunger to see people come to know Jesus. And listen, I've always had it, but it's never like it. Never like today. Ever. 
And that tells me that whatever we that whatever <laughs> that whatever we're going to do, we have to do now. That the children we're going to reach, we've got to reach now. The addicts that we're going to reach, we've got to reach now. The homes that we're going to reach, we've got to reach now. I'm never... And here's what I want. And only the Holy Spirit can bring this to pass. That where people walk into this building on Sunday morning, on Tuesday nights, or that building on Tuesday nights, or that building on Sundays and Wednesdays, or in our nursery, the presence and power of the Holy Spirit is so real that people are drawn to an altar of repentance and prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want that? Yeah. Then help me pray about it for the next 21 days. Yeah. <sighs> Acts 4 and 13 said, When they saw the courage of Peter and John. No, by the way, the, the people that saw them wanted to kill them. Okay? When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. That's us, y'all. We're just ordinary folks, aren't we? They were astonished. Please get this part. And took note that these men had been with Jesus. What's going what's to transform our church? Listen, we're getting ready to spend some money on our sound equipment. That's great. We need to. It's not going to transform our church. You may see a new keyboard up here in the next few weeks or months. And that's great. But guess what? It's not going to transform our church. What will transform our church is when God's people pray and the presence and power of the Holy Spirit invades this place like it never has. And then lastly, I want a lifestyle. We want a lifestyle in this pursuit that accomplishes the mission of Jesus. What was... What was Jesus' mission? What did he come to do? Because he left us on this planet to finish the work he started. Did you get that? The Son of God left us with a mission. It's one sentence. Luke chapter 19. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. The last words Jesus said on this planet. Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and I'm with you always to the very end of the age. He left us with a mission. Well, Dwayne, that sounds really important. You know why? Because it is. Then, then why didn't you put that first? I'll tell you why. Because I can't do the fifth one without doing the first four. I can't be effective as a man who makes disciples if I don't spend time with Jesus, if I don't pursue him and please God with my lifestyle. The good news is we can work on all those things at the same time. Maybe Let me say it like this. I have people all the time that say, I want to I do something for God. And that's good, right? Mm -hmm. Right? How, how many want to do something for God? Yeah. Me too. I, I want to do something for God. But if we ever put our emphasis 
on what we do over who we're becoming, then we're going to miss it, y'all. Disaster awaits the Christian that concentrate on what he's doing while neglecting who he's becoming. So I'm going to give you a couple things to take home with you. Some principles, if you will, of how we're going to pursue Jesus. First thing is we practice pursuit every day. So let me, let me just make sure you, you understand what I mean by that. I'm not talking about practice like you practice the piano or like you practice soccer or like you practice shooting your rifle. I'm talking about we practice pursuit like a doctor practices medicine. It's who we are. It's how we're defined, and it's something we do every day. I had this idea as a young man that Christianity was what I did on Sundays. Sundays ought to equip you to practice pursuit every day. Yeah? The next thing is, I want for me, and I want for you, what I'm doing to be an overflow of who I'm becoming. In other words, I want the work that we do for Christ to not be a chore, to not be something that, oh, I got to go serve the nursery today, or I got to go sing on the praise team today. I want it to be an overflow of who you're becoming, because only then is it going to be effective. First Chronicles chapter 28 says it this way, and you, my son Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father. Look, 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 please get these words. Serve him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches every heart and understands every desire and thought. And if you seek him, he will be found by you. But, but he, he wants our wholehearted devotion. He wants our willing mind. And, and listen, if I give him my devotion, I give him my mind, I give him my heart, and I'm chasing after him, the work that I do for him will now be effective. Does that make sense, y'all? The next thing I want you to take home is that we need to make pursuing Christ a priority. Um, I, I had somebody draw this out for me one time, and, and I thought it was brilliant, that, that the Christian life, um, there's, it, this is not going to come as a surprise to you. It's, it, it can be, the analogy can be a football game. Um, and in, in every football game, there's people in the stadium. They're spectators. They're fans. And that was me for a long time. Right? And, and then there's another group of people. They're, they're, they're coaches on the sideline who are encouraging the people that are playing the game. And then there are the folks that are running the ball. I want to run the ball. I want you to run the ball. Maybe you're here and, and your Christian experience has been you sitting on the sidelines. Can that end today? Yes. L listen, I don't know how old you are, but you're too old for that. It, it, we're, we're too far past that. It ought to be a priority. I'm going to give you three questions to ask. Actually, I started with three questions and I jotted down a couple more. So you only got three. 
my wife is really big about, and, and I, I, she, and, and she practices what she preaches. She always says that you ought to have a devotion at the beginning of the day because you don't tune an instrument after you play it. That's pretty good, isn't it? That's all her. Yeah, that's why I married her. She's smart. It's not the only reason. But, but, I, but I, think, I think you ought to have something at the end of the day. Where are you going to ask these questions? Look, ask, did I please the Lord today? Did my life imitate Jesus today? Did I pursue Jesus today? <laughs> did I speak with words of faith today? Or did I complain all day long? Did I model Christ relationally and morally? Socially. And why are you going to do that at the end of the day? It's going to give you a chance to reflect. And Dwayne, what about those days where you go, nope, 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 nope. God makes his mercies new every morning. And you're going to get up tomorrow morning and you're going to tune your instrument. And you're going to pursue Jesus. And then lastly, no, not lastly, <laughs> just a tease. What if every day we had an encounter with the presence of the Holy Spirit that was powerful enough that others could recognize that you've been with the Lord? Let me, let me, let me tell you what that looks like. See, if, if you'll have an encounter with the, with the Holy Spirit every day, the words that come out of your belly will be different. What will come out of your mouth is words of faith and not words of defeat. What will come out of your mouth are words that build people up and not tear them down. And all of a sudden, people will go, you know, that Kathy Maxey is the most encouraging person I know. And it's not because she's encouraging by nature. She, might, she is, but it's because I've spent so much... I've had such an, and listen, you can have an encounter like that in just a moment. I'm not telling you you got to get up, you know, at four o'clock in the morning and lay on your face with music playing and candles burning. Okay? You can have an encounter with the Holy Spirit to where it changes what you say and it changes your reaction and it changes your perspective. Can I promise you this? People will be drawn to you. And they may not even know why. Your wife, husbands, I'm going to talk to you. Men, I'm going to talk to you. It'll, it'll change the way she looks at you. And she might not even be able to define it. But all of a sudden, where you were impatient, you're now exhibiting the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, meekness, gentleness, self-control. You're you're exhibiting all those things because you've had an encounter with Christ. Not because you read it in a book, not because you heard it in a sermon, but because you had an encounter with Jesus. And then lastly, every day, help somebody take a step closer to Jesus every day. Donna, come on up.
I've, uh, I've struggled how to end this service, but here, here's what I believe the Holy Spirit would have us do. See, see I, be, I believe that, that many of you, as we went through all, I know I, I know I gave you a lot of stuff today, and I know you felt like you were drinking from a fire hose. But I believe that, that there was something that, that grabbed your heart. Maybe it was when we were talking about uh, imitating Christ. And you're like, you know, my life just doesn't look like Jesus very much these days. Maybe when we were talking about the, the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit being evident in you, evident in you to others around you. Maybe it was when we were talking about pleasing your father. Maybe you say, my, my father's not very pleased with me these days. <laughs> Here's the beautiful part about the gospel. <laughs> Aren't you thankful? Anybody thankful for second chances? All right, anybody thankful for 1,478 chances? You got a new opportunity this morning to say, all right, Lord, I, I know. I don't look like you and I haven't pleased you. Today's a new day. If that's you, don't leave this building. Don't, don't leave this building without having some time with the Lord. Maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus. Don't leave this building. He loves you. He wants to live in you. He wants to lead in God and direct your life. He wants to change your season. Maybe you're here and you're just struggling. <laughs> in all service, you've just been, you've just recognized that God needs to do something new in you. So I want you to stand to your feet. We're going to pray. you can do this one of two ways. I'm not going to twist your arm. But if that's you and you say, Dwayne, I, I, I need something new today. I need to start this new year with a renewed relationship with Christ. Donna's going to sing and when she sings, I want you to come and kneel around this altar. Maybe you, you say, Dwayne, my, I, I, I love Jesus, but I got weary in 2022. I'm tired. And I, I need, uh, I don't even know what the right word is. You just need strength. Maybe that's the right word from the Holy Spirit to continue doing what God called you to do. And strength's available today. Maybe here, and can I just say it like I, like I feel it in my heart? You, your life's a mess. And, and on this pursuit, you, you want to pursue Jesus and, and watch him put your life back together. If that's you, man, I want, I want you to pray too. Huh. Here we go. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, if that's you, I want you to come on. Gather around these.
guys on our leadership team, would you come gather around these and help me pray? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, you're doing a work in this place. Holy Spirit of God, I want you to wrap your arms around people this morning. God, I want you to remind them, God, of, of, of where you've brought them from. I want you to remind them of, of how you've called them, how you've set them apart, how you've sanctified them, how you've used them. And God, today, you're doing a brand new work in the hearts and lives of men and women in this altar. And God, we're going to leave this place uh, encouraged and empowered not because we've heard a sermon, but because we've spent time in the presence of an almighty God in the power of His Spirit. God, you encourage people today. God, will you strengthen people today? God, would you help people focus today on what they've been called to do? Would you help people uh, focus today on your mission and purpose and plan for their life? Father, in the name of Jesus, we come against the one that would defeat and discourage, steal, kill, and destroy. God, we thank you that we have life and have life more abundant because of the cross of Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you're doing in this altar. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So 
actors. Let's sing it. There will be no one like you, and no one beside you. You alone are worthy of all praise. One more time. Well, there will be no one like you, and no pray for our church. God, I'm not praying that you make us the biggest church in town. If that's what you want to do, that's... I'm not praying you give us the best building in town. God, I do pray that more than any place in this town, your presence, your power fills this place. see you move in the hearts and lives of men and women. We want to see you do what only you can do. You heal the broken. You mend the wounded. You deliver the addicted and the afflicted. God, that's our prayer today. God, would you teach us Show us how to be more like you, this community. Help us, those of us, God, that you've taken the veil away. We can see and reflect your glory. Help us to do just that to a world that so desperately needs you. Love you, Jesus. Love you, Jesus. We want to make Jesus famous. We want to make it hard to go to hell in Walton County. in the altar as long as they want. God bless you. Have a great afternoon.